Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. And Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's February 29th, uh, Thursday morning, 2024. Good morning and welcome back to another edition of Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverens and studio producer Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us. It's great to be with you on this Thursday morning, the very last day of February in this leap year here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app on Thursdays. We always take a moment to remember the institution of the Holy Eucharist on Holy Thursday by our Lord Jesus Christ. And in fact, during uh, this Eucharistic revival that our bishops have called for, try to Visit the Blessed Sacrament sometime today if you get a chance. It doesn't have to be a long visit, just a short little visit uh, to say hello uh, to our Lord Jesus. Now, if you haven't signed up for Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass, free daily videos, it's still not too late. You can still do it this morning at relevantradio.com slash Lent. Get ready to learn the Mass, live the Mass, and love the Mass more than ever before. want to bring in Glenn and Sarah Happy leap year, uh, leap year, leap day, I should say, <laughs> Glenn. Uh, it's good to be with you guys. Well, we're all working an extra day today here, I guess. Huh? But uh, every every four years, you know, part of uh, our love for our jobs, we're here. But <laughs> we're happy to happy to do that day in and day out for you here at uh, at Relevant Radio. Hey, a couple things in the news uh, once again, uh, Mr. Trump and the courts. Uh, another go around here. The Supreme Court will decide whether President Trump can claim immunity over election interference charges. Now, the former president took to Truth Social to thank the Supreme Court, saying legal scholars are extremely thankful for that decision. He added, without immunity, a president will, quote, not be able to function properly. So the court said they would uh, hear arguments and issue a ruling. And so this further delays one of the, the court actions against Mr. Trump. And so this, uh, even the fact the court is looking at this seen as a kind of a temporary win, John, for the former president. And there are many legal scholars who agree with the president that, uh, uh, you know, without that presidential immunity, the president can't do his job. He can't really be a president. He has got to constantly be worried about being sued for anything that he does while he's in office. Yet we learned uh, through the Richard Nixon affair back in the 70s that uh, even the president is not above the law. And so I'm sure there's some balance that will be figured out there but uh, again the effect of this ruling that the high court will will hear that case uh, delays one of the lower court cases which is uh, seen as a, a boost for president trump at the same time an illinois judge has removed president trump from that state's ballot giving the uh, the 14th amendment insurrectionist ban as a reason uh, colorado and maine have tried that as well that's another thing the supreme court will have to take a look at and they're hoping they do that soon the judge has given the Trump team a deadline of this Friday uh, for an appeal. Do you think uh, that this is a purely political move uh, by this Illinois uh, uh, judge? Well, until we get a ruling from the Supreme Court, knowing whether you know uh, every state would want to be doing that or or no states could be doing that, uh, I think is is important at this point to get some clarification there. Because, I mean, the reality is, and again, this was argued, uh, you know, two, three weeks ago at the Supreme Court during the oral arguments. Uh, Trump has never been actually uh, charged uh, with insurrection yet, let alone convicted. Yeah, that is true. 
So uh, uh, a lot of folks are expecting it to, to be um, ruled. Uh, it could be an 8-1 or 9 nothing ruling by the Supreme Court uh, in favor of the former president. Lots of layers uh, to, to Mr. Trump in the courts there, uh, certainly. And uh, a great civics lesson, or many of them, we'll all be getting over the next six months here, for sure. For sure. And the, the immigration issue, which is on the minds of so many Americans, uh, once again in play uh, this morning with both President Biden and former President Trump, uh, heading to the southern border today. Yeah, President Biden and former President Trump on the border in different spots. But here on the same day, the president will meet with Border, with border Patrol agents in, in Brownsville, Texas, the southern tip of Texas there. And uh, Donald Trump will be at Eagle Pass, <clears throat> excuse me, where they've uh, had uh, many, many, many migrants uh, crossing the border there. Yeah, and, and again, uh, President Biden going uh, to uh, Brownsville, a place where I think they had like 12 people cross the border yesterday. So there's not a whole lot happening there, not a lot of action, but uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what that really what it'll be as, as a photo op, uh, what it'll end up uh, being. Yeah, much of uh, what our political leaders uh, do and those running for office do is uh, to get some good optics, as they as they call it. But hopefully this will draw some more attention to something that is uh, currently like the number one issue for uh, for most voters, John. It is the number one issue. And uh, when you consider uh, everything that's going on in many uh, cities across our country, uh, major cities like New York, Chicago, uh, L.A., uh, all over, um, there's a reason why it's on the on the minds uh, of so many Americans. Yeah, New York City's mayor uh, looking to uh, rescind their status as a sanctuary city, dealing with 200,000 migrants uh, arriving there in, in various means uh, just in, you know, less than a year or so. It'll be interesting to see how it goes uh, for both uh, former President Trump and President Biden today uh, in the Lone Star State. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, part of the Leap Day fun here on Morning Air is our usual Thursday tradition. Oh, that's me. Mike's on. Okay, yes, it's Thursday, and we're doing What's That Sound? Thanks, Glenn. We're ready with uh, three more uh, hints, some audio clips. Let's see if you guys can figure this out. Now, uh, I apologize for our one because it's probably going to be challenging and I have very low expectations, but good luck and let's see if you can do it. Here we go, John, uh, with that wonderful intro. Let's see if you can figure out what this sound is. Uh, that sounds uh, like a hawk up in the air. No, it's not a hawk. This is an animal, though. You're in the right genre. Uh, Could have been an eagle. It is not any kind of um, flying animal. No, this is an animal that is based on the ground. I will tell you this. I have never heard this animal ever make a sound when I visited the zoo. So there's a clue for you. Uh And so I was very shocked that this was the sound. I think it sounds like a different animal, but um, it's an animal um, that is in the pachyderm family. So I'll play it one more time. Let's see if you can figure out what this sound is. <laughs> Sounds kind it's of like whiny a, to me. It's like a baby elephant. Uh, no, very close though. They're I'm trying to I'm trying to put on the list of yeah. list baby of pachyderms rhino. in my head here. You got it. it's a rhino. Yeah. Hey. Oh. Wow. Very good. Yes. Pachyderm family. Never ever <laughs> ever heard a rhino ever make a sound at the zoo. Has anyone else heard a rhino before? I was shocked when I found out that's what a rhino sounds like. 
It is shocking. Very strange. Okay, well, good job. I'm you narrowed the, the it down. The only rhino I know uh, used to play baseball for the Cubs, uh, Ryan Sandberg. <laughs> I don't think he sounded like that, although maybe as a young child he could have made some trades out like that. Okay, here is another animal, uh, not a pachyderm. Very similar sound. Glenn, let's see if you can figure this one out. <laughs> it sounds like John calling for his beagle to get back in the house. <laughs> no. no, no, it wasn't that. No, uh, this is an animal in the water. One more time. Oh, is it like a, a, a dolphin sound? It is hey, very good. Flipper. Okay, yeah, I thought the same thing again. While watching Flipper, I don't remember these sounds. I remember a lot of clicking sounds, but I don't remember uh, that particular sound. They make lots of different sounds, apparently. But again, that one, to me, kind of sounded similar uh, to the rhino, and yet very different creatures, very different parts of the, the world that they that they live. But uh, yeah, those are those. You guys, did, you guys, you blew it out of the water, so to speak, because I wasn't expecting anyone to get any of those. I'm old enough. I actually remember watching Flipper as a kid. Well, there you go. Very good. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Okay, here we go. Last one. Um, let's see if you can figure out. This is like a theme song um, to a show. Let's see if you guys can figure this one out. I'll just give you a little bit. What do you think? Sounds like school's out for summer. Yes. Okay. Is related to a school. Does anybody, you want me to give me a little more? Yeah. Okay. When I wake up oh. No, you know, my favorite school thing, I think, was uh, Welcome Back, Cotter, but that wasn't it. No, um, that wasn't it. No. No, no, no. Was Welcome I, Back, Cotter in high school? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that was in high school. Same area. Okay. The sweat hogs. <laughs> okay. I'll give you a little bit more. When I wake up in the morning and the lawn gets out of Okay, I'm not giving you any more. That's the title is next. I do not know that one. Oh, no. Boo. Okay, so that was Saved by the Bell. Uh, uh, so you guys, it's probably, you know, you guys weren't watching that. That was for my generation. Okay. And yeah, we were we were old by then doing big kid stuff. <laughs> you were yeah. like at work being productive and I had nothing to do on uh, weekdays, Saturdays, whatever. So I was watching that and that is in honor of Mark Polgossier. He played Zach in the show. It's his birthday t- tomorrow, oh. which would have been today if it wasn't. Leave here. So I just jumped ahead one day for to, to honor him. And uh, he, yeah, he's turning 49. So, hey, thanks. Uh, the good show. Well, well done. Well we done. were not saved by the bell. You, oh, no, I, <laughs> you were not this time. But uh, maybe right. next hour we have three more audio clues. So stay tuned. Always f- fun. Uh, thanks for this Leap Day edition of What's That Sound? More next hour. Thanks, Sarah and Glenn. Hey, sure thing, John. First things first, we start every morning as we always do, always in prayer, always giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings. Through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary, and we continue to pray for peace in the world, especially in the Middle East and in Ukraine, peace in our nation, peace in our church, and in our families. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, 
patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit every single morning when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from Philippians 4.13. The Apostle St. Paul writes, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. This is one of the best-known verses in the New Testament. Just before the verse, St. Paul recounts some of the different circumstances he's found himself in. He learned to be content no matter what the circumstance was. St. Paul reminds us that our Lord Jesus Christ is our real strength. If we call on the Lord in the most difficult of situations, he will give us the grace and the strength to deal with it if it's according to God's will. And we always pray with great confidence from the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. We need to take a short break when we come back. Uh, Teresa Cervantos Barber, the assistant editor for Alatea, will be with us to talk about some quick spiritual reads for busy people during this Lent. So stay with us. There is uh, much more to come. We are just getting going here on this Thursday edition of Morning Air on this Leap Day on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales, Sarah Tafoya, and Glenn Leverance on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for tuning in across much of our nation here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Happy Leap Day to you. Now, as always, uh, you can send us an email directly if you have any thoughts or story ideas you want to share with us. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. Our toll-free line, if you want to be part of the program this morning, 888-914-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, 888-914-9149. Now, even though we are two-plus weeks into Lent, uh, are you looking for a good spiritual read uh, during this Lenten season? Although we might want something that will totally transform us uh, this Lent, we also realize that we might be a little pressed for time and uh, don't have hours and hours hours uh, to read uh, every day. So don't worry, our first guest has you covered. as She's going to uh, share some quick spiritual reads uh, for busy people that uh, we all uh, can uh, read during this Lent. Uh, joining us live from Downers Grove, Illinois, in the Chicago area is Teresa Cervantos Barber, the assistant editor for Elatea, who recently wrote an interesting article called Seven Quick Spiritual Reading Works for Busy People. Uh, Teresa has worked as an editor for Regnery Publishing, uh, the University of Chicago and Midwest Theological Forum. She and her husband uh, have four kids. They live in Downers Grove, Illinois. Good morning, Teresa. Welcome back to the show. It's uh, it's good to be with you once again. Good morning. It's so great to be back on. Always so good to chat with you guys. Well, Teresa, I have my spiritual reading books here in studio with me. One of them is uh, on your list. Uh, Before we uh, talk about these uh, books that you recommend, uh, why in general is spiritual reading a really good practice for anyone uh, during Lent? 
Yes, you know, so many of the saints have said so much about spiritual reading. And I always think of St. Jose Maria Escriva, who said spiritual reading has made many saints. And I think it's one of those things that can be kind of easy to just not think about. You know, you're, you know, I'm praying, I'm going to Mass, you know, why do I need to do spiritual reading? But I think of it almost as like taking your vitamins every day, where just reading a little bit of that spiritual book kind of gives you, it refocuses your heart, it refocuses your mind, kind of calls you to something higher and reminds you like, why are we doing this? Why is this so important? So, um, you know, you can only benefit from from reading even a little bit of a spiritual book every day. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I know exactly what St. Jose Maria is uh, talking about, uh, experienced it firsthand. Now, you have uh, uh, some ideas. You have seven uh, ideas that you want to uh, s- s- uh, share with us here this morning. What is the first uh, short but powerful spiritual read that uh, we can uh, grab during this Lenten season? Well, this is one of my favorites. It's called Searching for and Maintaining Peace by Father Jacques Philippe. And Anyone who hasn't read this one, go pick it up right now. It's so quick. You know, you can read it so in such a short amount of time, but um, gosh, it'll bring you so much peace. And I think especially in today's world, there are so many things bringing us anxiety and worry and stress. And this book just reminds you that God brings peace. And with the Lord, we can have his peace. Well, there's no question uh, that 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 is uh, one of of the goals that that peace that surpasses uh, all understanding uh, that uh, uh, Saint Paul tells us about uh, that uh, we can only get uh, truly uh, with our Lord Jesus. Amen to that. For sure. Yeah. Now, what's an, what's another uh, read that you uh, recommend? Another one on there is Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. And this is another really, really short one um, that's just so insightful and powerful in just a few you know, short chapters. Um, he just reminds us, God is always with us. And what is our life going to look like if we always have that awareness of God's presence near us? It's just so beautiful. Does he uh, also uh, inspire folks to, to spend some time in front of uh, the Blessed Sacrament? Absolutely, which is so important, especially in this year of Eucharistic revival. No, no question about it. I mean, you you you, uh, you do spiritual reading in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and you're 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 combining uh, you're combining the best of both worlds. Absolutely, it, there's nothing like it. Yep. Now you have uh, another one, uh, very powerful, and this is a small. In fact, I have a copy of uh, The Way here in studio by uh, Saint Jose Maria Escriva. Yes, this is such a classic for so many people. And, you know, it's so nice, especially for someone who's really busy and you're like, gosh, I don't have time to even read like a chapter of a spiritual book because he has these little short points that are like a sentence or two. So you can just kind of pick it up, read, a, you know, a sentence. And we all have time for that. Right. And you can come away with something really to think about for the rest of the day. And um, so it's really a good one for busy people. You could like carry it around in your bag. You know, just a quick read, super quick read. Oh, no doubt. Uh, this one is, is so easy to read. I have several copies of it, and, you you know, you you uh, you, you can open it up almost uh, to, to any page, and you will find something that will grab your attention. I just happen to have it marked uh, to the chapter on the heart, and number 155 from St. Jose Maria, Jesus is never satisfied sharing. He wants all. What a powerful little nugget of message to to remind us that he wants all of our hearts, uh, especially here during Lent. Yes. Wow. And what a great example, too, of how in so few words 
you're left with something to reflect on all day. It's so beautiful. Without a doubt. Uh, how about uh, another short book that we can read here uh, during uh, this Lenten season? Another one I put on there was uh, How to Become Holy by Dr. Peter Kreist. But I feel like it was really hard to narrow it down because all of his books are so good. And a lot of them are really short. He was kind of writing for, you know, the, the average, you know, normal Catholic that's busy and might not have a ton of time to sit and really study. Um, and and they're so good. I love I love anything but Dr. Peter Craves. And But I, I chose that one because it's a short one that kind of starts you off, how to become holy. And um, yeah, just so much good stuff there. He's very direct, very straightforward any of his books you're going to you're going to really get a lot out of and, and i'm sure he he reminds uh, the folks that uh, holiness is not just for saints it's for everybody yes yes absolutely and that's the beauty of this book too because some people might hear that you know how to become holy and think oh gosh i'm not holy and it's like oh yes you are you're called to that you know you're called to that by god and um so it's beautiful that he just really lays it out and shows how approachable that can be all right. Uh, the next one has a very interesting uh, a title that uh, definitely uh, uh, has uh, perked my curiosity. Yes, it's called How to Profit from Your Faults. And I, that was my reaction the first time I saw it on like a, a spiritual reading bookshelf. And I was like, how could I profit from my faults? You know, um, so I was very curious when I picked it up. And, you know, it's beautiful because um, really the heart of it is that when our faults are an occasion for us to, to grow in humility and dependence on God, remembering that we can't do it on our own. But if we just keep throwing ourselves on God and his mercy, he's going to help us to improve. Um, and that was just, I remember when I read that one, it was just so beautiful to think of that, that you could actually profit and grow in holiness, even from your mistakes. It was just um, almost this message of mercy that brought me so much joy and peace to read about. And uh, this book uh, draws on the wisdom of St. Francis de Sales, who is uh, one of the great uh, spiritual uh, directors and and leaders of of recent times. Uh, We we can learn so much from St. Francis de Sales. Yes, he really popularized kind of like um, holiness for the laity and wrote these books of spiritual guidance for lay people that at the time was very uncommon and um, what a gift, you know. Uh, so taking his, his theology and his writings and kind of breaking them down a little bit here is really helpful. Your next suggestion uh, for reading during this Lenten season uh, are not specifically books per se, but they're definitely powerful writings. Yes, um, I, the, the papal encyclicals, um, you know, I love these when you're busy because they're short. They're kind of in between the length of like a really long newspaper column and a book where they're, um, you know, they're not even as long as a book. And so when you're busy, you can just pick them up and read a few paragraphs or a page or two. Um, and there's so many beautiful ones. Um, you know, you have everything from like Humane Vitae, Veritate Splendor to older ones um, like Rerum Novarum. And, and each of them has something so powerful for us. And even, um, you know, I mentioned in there uh, looking to the catechism and I don't think people usually think of, oh, let's go read the catechism, right? You know, (laughs) it's, you know, something so dense, but um, it's actually so beautiful when you really turn to it. And I, when I was um, engaged to be married, the priest doing our marriage prep told my husband and I to read the catechism section on marriage and family life to really understand our vocation. And I try to go back and reread it at least once a year because I see it almost as like this call to arms, this proclamation that's telling us, you know, in that section, it says, 
um, Christian families are called to be like these islands of hope and light in an unbelieving world. And, you know, I just get chills even thinking about it. Um, and it, and it's so beautiful the way the catechism lays out the Christian vocation. Um, and so that's one that I love to turn to frequently to just kind of get a little inspiration for my vocation. Well, if you have the catechism and you have the Bible, you have, uh, you know, treasures, really, uh, because there's so much to learn uh, from from both, it, it, above and beyond even uh, the, these books that, that you've uh, uh, recommended. Uh, it's just chalk-filled with Scripture and with, uh, you know, the teachings of uh, of the popes and the saints throughout the centuries. Uh, yeah, there's so much there. And, uh, you know, and it's not the kind of thing where you try to read it cover to cover. You can just read a little section at a time, um, much like uh, these short books. Yes, absolutely. You know, probably most of us aren't going to have it in us to sit down and read them cover to cover, but um, even that little bit is so helpful and just can really inspire you and give you some encouragement to do a little better every day. And um, last but not least, uh, you have uh, one last uh, suggestion from a a very uh, well-known Christian writer, although he wasn't Catholic. Yes, I I couldn't resist putting on there the Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. I like so many Catholics. I'm a big C.S. Lewis fan. You know, he was, um, he just wrote so profoundly and beautifully about faith. Uh, you know, you got to love him. And uh, he, this book in particular, every time I read it, I'm so, so struck by the psychological insight that um, he really gets into the psychology of sin and temptation and grace and um you know, how, how temptation can feel, but what it's like to resist that. And, um, and he does it in such a clever and creative way by pretending to be two, you know, the format of the book is like these letters be- between two uh, demons that are trying to like tempt and trap a human soul. Um, so it is so creative and just really gets to you. It's, it's really well written. It is really uh, one of the the classics, the screw tape letters. I can tell you uh, that I have been uh, reading a a chapter a day from from the New Testament, uh, in fact, all throughout uh, Lent, but actually started at the beginning of the year, so it kind of goes together with my New Year's resolution. And I just want to throw a a shout-out to Gary Zimmick, uh, who is a regular contributor here on on Morning Air. He wrote this fabulous book called Give Up Worry for Lent, 40 Days to Finding Peace in Christ. It is absolutely fabulous. It's short. It takes about, you know, less than two minutes to read each chapter, and but it's just filled with scripture and just deep meditation. And I'm, I'm doing that day by day along with, this, with the spiritual reading and all the other stuff. So um, everybody has different tastes. Your suggestions are awesome. Uh, these are all really, really, really uh, good ideas, uh, Teresa. Thank you so much. And that one you just mentioned, I'm adding that to my list, too, because that sounds wonderful. Oh, it is outstanding. And, you know, I I had him on the show to talk about his book. And then I go to the back of church one day and I find a free copy for me to grab. And I'm like, I think that's a sign from above. I'm supposed to use this during Lent. And sure enough, Gary doesn't even know that yet. I can't wait to tell him. Oh, there you go. That's perfect. All right. Where can our listeners find your uh, article, Seven uh, Quick Spiritual Reading Works for Busy People? Yes, I'm over on Alatea, um, A-L-E-T-E-I-A dot, uh, dot org, and uh, we're over there. I'm writing five days a week, so you can find me anytime. You guys do a fantastic job. Really enjoy uh, so much of uh, what you uh, share uh, with, uh, with the uh, Catholic folks. Uh, really appreciate uh, your insights and being with us here this morning, Teresa. Thank you so much. It was such a delight to join you. Always so good to chat.
Thanks again. Teresa Cervantos, Barbara, assistant editor for Alatea. We need to take a short break. When we come back, Sister Faustina Maria Pia with the Sisters of Life will be with us to talk about the litany of trust. Stay with us. We are just warming up as Morning Air continues on this Thursday, this leap day here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us on this Thursday morning here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. You can send us an email directly. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. And our number, if you want to be part of the program this morning, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Now, yesterday at the end of Mass here at the Relevant Radio Chapel, Father Leo led us in praying the Litany of St. Joseph, which is a very beautiful litany. And there are several other well-known litanies that you may have prayed or heard about, like the Litany of the Sacred Heart, the Litany of Loretto, the Litany of the Saints, or even the Litany of Humility, just to name a few. But have you heard of the Litany of Trust? Well, uh, a lot of folks may not be familiar, but we're going to talk about it here this morning. Joining us live from Suffers, New York, is Sister Faustina Maria Pia, uh, whom in her own struggle to trust the Lord several years ago, received an inspiration to compose that prayer, the Litany of Trust. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Sister uh, Faustina Maria Pia. She entered the Sisters of Life uh, back in 2009, professed final vows in 2018. As Sister Faustina serves as the local superior of the Annunciation. Motherhouse. She's also the author of this prayer, The Litany of Trust, and subsequently has authored a book entitled Jesus, I Trust in You, a 30-day retreat with the Litany of Trust. Good morning, Sister Faustina Maria. Thank you so much for joining us. It is uh, so good to be with you here on Morning Air and Relevant Radio for the first time. Thanks so much. It's a joy to be with you all. Uh, Sister Faustina, first of all, for our listeners that may not be uh, familiar with the the great work of your order, uh, can you tell us who are the Sisters of Life? Sure, yes. The Sisters of Life, we're an active contemplative community that has a special fourth vow to protect uh, the sacredness of every human life, to really uphold this truth that we haven't experienced, you know, especially in this culture, that every life is good no matter what we've suffered, you know, no matter what we've been through, what others have done to us, that the value of our life is, uh, is infinite and that God has shared his own life with us, not only in our origin, breathing life into us, but in this destiny that this call to be with him forever. So we do a lot of work with women who are pregnant in crisis. Some of them live with us. Um, we walk with those who have suffered after abortion to find that new life and healing through Christ. We do a lot of evangelization to it. I build a culture of life um, in many aspects, um, whether that be on campuses and with youth um, through parish work, um, a lot of ways. So it's a great gift. It sounds like Pope St. John Paul II, with his whole love for the culture of life, was a big influence on your order. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. He really, yeah, the, the Magna Carta in some ways is this, yeah, the gospel of life in the 90s, which articulated so beautifully what our founder, Cardinal O'Connor, also fought and strove for his whole life. 
Sister Faustina, how, how did you end up joining the Sisters of Life back in 2009? Sure, yeah. Well, I'd gone to school for nursing, and I, I really thought, you know, that was going to be a real part of my daily life. I loved it. And then, um, yeah, it was one night when I was coming home from the hospital, and I was realizing how unhappy I was. Something was terribly missing in my heart, and I started to speak to God very honestly. For the first time in a long time, I hadn't realized that I, I hadn't really opened my heart in this way to Him, and I started to share with God these desires that I had, and one by one, it was a real grace, I felt this invitation, a strong invitation to give God each of these desires, you know, that I had, and and as I did that, I felt like my heart was emptying in a, in a way. And at the end of everything that I could think of to give to him, I heard in the silence of my heart, I heard a, a voice, not with my ears, but in my heart saying, um, I want you for myself. And it really, I knew exactly what God was inviting me to. It felt very free. It was, it was, it was him saying what he wanted and, and waiting for my response. But I knew that he wanted not this physical nursing, but to be part of this deeper healing of the culture and through this love um, that I would give my whole love and, and life to him. And so the charism of Sisters of Life has really played into that, that, you know, obviously we're fighting for, for little ones to, to, to see this side of, of life, right? Um, and for each of, you know, the women that we serve, those that we come to us in our retreats, all that to find new life in Christ is this bigger goal is this eternal life, right? And so that, you know, nursing was an avenue to help healing, but the deeper healing, um, which is so deep in my own heart, is this this connection with God and His life and that healing that that brings. So it's been a beautiful journey and one that I've been so grateful for. Well, I had never heard of the Litany of Trust, and when I came across it, I was blown away. It obviously seemed inspired from above. Uh, Tell us about uh, uh, the origin of of this prayer uh, that you uh, wrote uh, and composed. Sure. Yeah, I had no intention of of writing a prayer, to be honest with you. Um, I have a patron, which is St. Faustina, and many of you have heard of St. Faustina, and her whole mission was getting this word out that Jesus is saying, I'm not this angry God with this wrathful God. I'm a, a father. I'm the one who loves you. Like, tell the world that they can trust my mercy, and that will be the answer to to their pain, their suffering, and that will bridge the gap to, to eternity. Um, and yet, even though I knew that, um, when we encounter suffering, as we all do, it really can be disorienting, um, especially, you know, things that we haven't dealt with, and then a new, maybe, you know, present circumstance that makes things really compounded. And so after I'd entered the sisters a few years in, I encountered this experience of suffering that really turned me around. And I asked for the first time, really honestly, well, what does it mean to trust you, Jesus, in this situation? You know, I, I still have to act. I still need to know what direction I'm going, and I don't know how to dispose my heart. Do I just kind of, you know, cross my fingers and hope it all works out? How do I engage this? And as I prayed with that, I was really, really struggling. One night after months of not having clarity, which which was one of the things I was really praying for, I was praying for clarity, I was in my room, and our rooms are very simple, little crucifix on the wall, that's it. And I was looking at this crucifix, and it was a conversation not so much with words, but in the heart. But if I could sum it up in a simple dialogue, um, it was it was kind of like Jesus. If I just knew what you were up to and and what this was all about, then I could I could suffer it. You know, I could I could say yes, I could consent, but I just I don't know what you're doing and and how to how to how to live this. 
And in a very moving way, I felt almost an affection in his response, almost as if he was coming to like lift up my chin to look up at him, even though I was, I was looking at the crucifix, my heart was, was looking in on myself and felt like him moving the gaze of my heart towards him and saying, you know, I don't want your yes to go to a bunch of circumstances, um, but I want your yes to go to me. And as that was clicking, I realized, oh my goodness, I want that too. I want love. And this is what love is. And this, this in a way, was what trust was. I was asking, like, what is trust? And if you want that, I want that. But he didn't give me clarity, which I had been praying for, but he was answering this deeper question that would really ultimately set my heart free to not be held back, to wait, to understand everything that God was doing, um, and just to say yes to him. And so in that moment, I felt this huge burden come off my back. And I don't know, maybe a minute later, within a very short amount of time, I had this inspiration to write the Litany of Trust, which, again, was not premeditated or thought about before. And without thinking much about it, you know, just in the next 15 minutes or so, 10, 15 minutes, I just started to write it based off of kind of what the structure of the Litany of Humility was, because I was familiar with that. And really, I knew God gave it to me because I needed it, and at the same time, as I felt this freedom and tasted it in this, in these moments, I wanted, I had this very big desire that other souls everywhere would also feel this freedom and this joy and this desire and this comfort and almost this upholding um, relationship to say, you know, what, whatever life brings me, wherever I am, I have this relationship that is sturdy, that I don't have to understand things and I don't have to have the strength for it all, that this is supporting me and and I can consent to this, and this is what God is asking, and this is always possible, no matter the situation. So it was a huge, um, yeah, huge grace. Well, it's it's only fitting, uh, Sister Faustina, that uh, your patron, uh, uh, Saint Faustina, uh, the Apostle of Mercy, who also received, uh, you know, words and inspiration from our Lord, that you too would receive as, as something uh, to share with the world. This beautiful litany of trust. Do you have it in front of you, Sister? I do. Could you please share it with our listeners? Sure. So the first part, um, the response is deliver me. And the second part is Jesus, I trust in you. Name the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. From the belief that I have to earn your love, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that I am unlovable, deliver me, Jesus. From the false security that I have what it takes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that trusting you will leave me more destitute, Deliver me, Jesus. From all suspicion of your words and promises, deliver me, Jesus. From the rebellion against childlike dependency on you, deliver me, Jesus. From refusals and reluctances in accepting your will, deliver me, Jesus. From anxiety about the future, deliver me, Jesus. From resentment or excessive preoccupation with the past, deliver me, Jesus. From restless self-seeking in the present moment, deliver me, Jesus. From disbelief in your love and presence, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being asked to give more than I have, deliver me, Jesus. From the belief that my life has no meaning or worth, deliver me, Jesus. 
from the fear of what love demands. Deliver me, Jesus. From discouragement, deliver me, Jesus. That you are continually holding me, sustaining me, loving me. Jesus, I trust in you. That your love goes deeper than my sins and failings and transforms me. Jesus, I trust in you. That not knowing what tomorrow brings is an invitation to lean on you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are with me in my suffering. Jesus, I trust in you. That my suffering, united to your own, will bear fruit in this life and the next. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will not leave me orphan. That you are present in your church. Jesus, I trust in you. That your plan is better than anything else. Jesus, I trust in you. That you always hear me and in your goodness always respond to me. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me the grace to accept forgiveness and to forgive others. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me all the strength I need for what is asked. Jesus, I trust in you. That my life is a gift. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will teach me to trust you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are my Lord and my God. Jesus, I trust in you. That I am your beloved one. Jesus, I trust in you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Sister Faustina Maria, that is so beautiful. It is so deep. Uh, there are so many things to, to talk about. Uh, my goodness, I don't even know where to begin. Um, I mean, uh, the essence of the spiritual life is that relationship with Jesus. And here we go really deeply in trust, which is the most important thing. One thing is to talk about it. Another thing is to really feel it and, and try to live it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that that's exactly right. Like our salvation is this relationship. It's, it's such a beautiful and in some ways natural and other ways, very difficult, right? Our relationships, we know this in our lives can be very hard. Even with the people that we love, we can find that we hurt them and we've been hurt by them. And yet Jesus is really going far beyond meeting us in the middle. He comes all the way to our level. And what he's asking for each of us is, is to choose him. You know, and in, in, in this beautiful gift that he's given us in our human will, this capacity to desire things and to evaluate our desires and, and to choose, right? He's asking, can you choose me in things that maybe don't make sense or in things that maybe the culture is saying one thing and I have to kind of be the different person at work or, or kind of, you know, take, take something that is hard, you know? Um, can we choose God and say, Jesus, you know, I trust you. I trust that you're here. I trust that my love matters. I trust that you love me even though I don't love me. You know, we can say all these things that what we believe about Jesus and what we believe that he looks at us and sees our dignity, um, can we trust him and say, yes, I choose, I choose you. Um, and that is that's the answer to um, giving our heart the peace that we can really live this life as tumultuous and as chaotic as things can be um, with peace going forward to say, this is truly all in God's hands and for my good somehow. Sister Faustina Maria, you also wrote a, a beautiful song. We want to uh, share a little part of it uh, with our listeners. From the belief that I have to earn your love, 
from the fear that I am unlovable. Deliver me, Jesus. Deliver me, Jesus. And of course, this is uh, the uh, litany of trust, uh, the musical uh, version. Uh, again, touching the heart and such a such a beautiful beautiful prayer why do you think it's becoming as so popular a lot of folks are starting to learn about uh, your litany of trust i think it is because it's so pleasing to god this is this is the simple answer is that even though it's difficult jesus must be so moved that someone says yes to him when they have reasons to think no you know or 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 pain and suffering to to, to say yes to jesus in these places of trust that this litany goes through must be so pleasing to him that it is becoming, yeah, a really efficacious uh, place of encounter, and I'm I'm so grateful. Um, Sister Faustina Maria, in the final uh, minute that we have, maybe some words of of wisdom, some advice for somebody who's having a really difficult time trusting in the Lord. They know they should, but they're just having a hard time. Yeah. The way that Jesus looks at us is like no one else. The way that he speaks to us is like no one else. He looks at us and he says, I have created you and I've been thinking about you since the beginning of creation. And I desire this, your particular love, your unique love. So I really encourage you, whatever you're going through, to come to Jesus in the honesty of your heart without shielding anything and saying exactly how you feel. He is somebody who who isn't surprised by anything, who isn't turned away by anything, but desires to to lift that burden from your heart and to carry it with you and to and to really give you that peace that and the freedom that trust brings. So I encourage that conversation with Jesus to really lay your burdens out before him and to allow his love to carry you. And for much more, you can visit uh, sistersoflife.org uh, slash litany of trust. Uh, Sister Faustina Maria, thank you so much for joining us. It has been such a blessing to be with you. Likewise, I've very much enjoyed it. Be praying for you all. Thanks so much. Uh, the author of the Litany of Trust, Sister Faustina Maria Pia with the Sisters of Life. And now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today called Expressing Gratitude by Thomas Monson. The beauty and eloquence of an expression of gratitude is reflected in a newspaper story of some years ago. The District of Columbia Police auctioned off about 100 unclaimed bicycles Friday. One dollar, said an 11-year-old boy as the bidding opened on that first bike. The bidding, however, went much higher. One dollar, the boy repeated hopefully each time another bike came up. The auctioneer, who'd been auctioning stolen or lost bikes for 43 years, noticed the boy's hopes seemed to soar higher whenever a racer-type bicycle was put up. Then there was just one racer left. The bidding went to $8. Sold to that boy over there for $9, said the auctioneer. He took $8 from his own pocket and asked the boy for his dollar. The youngster turned it over in pennies, nickels, dimes, and quarters, took his bike, and started to leave. But he went only a few feet, carefully parking his new possession. He went back, gratefully threw his arms around the auctioneer's neck, and cried. When was the last time we felt gratitude as deeply as did this boy? The deed others perform on our behalf might not be as poignant, but certainly there are kind acts that warrant our expressions of gratitude. From Luke 17, 17, Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? 
As always, thanks so much, Glenn. Coming up next hour here on Morning Air, Kevin O'Brien, the co-founder of the Men of Christ Conference, and Jim McCulloch will be uh, with us uh, to discuss their upcoming Catholic Men's Conference. Plus, our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki, will be with us to talk about blacks on the road to canonization on this last day of Black History Month. So stay with us. There's much more to come in hour number two of this Thursday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.